Good morning, good morning. Praise the Lord. Welcome to Manifest Church. We're glad that you are watching with us. And those of you who are going to watch later or listen later, we're glad that you have uh, decided to tune in to Manifest Church. If you're watching through YouTube, please make sure below you see a subscribe button. Hit that and there's a notification bell. You can hit that as well. So anytime a sermon is uploaded or uh, I go to speak on there anytime, it'll, it'll notify you immediately. And, and also like the video. Those helps with the algorithms out there. So if you, if you like what you hear, make sure you hit the, the little thumbs up button. And that'll help us not only on YouTube, but on Facebook. So you can do the same. You can follow our page. You can like our page. You can like the messages as well. We also have a podcast that you can look us up, Manifest Church SC for South Carolina. And we, uh, you'll be able to catch them there if you're driving or commuting. You can listen right on, on, your, um, on, a, on any podcast of your liking. So we want to welcome you. We're glad to be back together uh, again. Um, let's, uh, let's uh, get started. Uh, we're going back to, we're gonna, today we're going to continue the book of Daniel. Um, and in this chapter, we're going to see how Daniel trusted in God even when a law was passed by the king that would put him in a life or death situation. Uh, this is a moment where Daniel is also, again, once again, his life is going to be tested. His faith is going to be tested. Now a new king is at hand. And uh, saints, I want you to understand, just like in Daniel's time in America, we are experiencing a transformation in our nation. Uh, we have uh, left behind our founding culture of Judeo-Christian beliefs. So a pagan culture with its own set of beliefs has begun to emerge. Um, hopefully, if your eyes are open and you're not asleep and you're paying attention to what is happening uh, around us in our country, you're beginning to see this pagan religion begin to take root in our country. And the reason is because uh, what has happened, we have allowed uh, pagan religion or a self-worship to begin to remove every reference of God. Uh, the America that we once knew is no longer. A lot of times people don't want to uh, come to the grips of that, but it is hard to believe because over the years we've experienced prosperity and, and freedom. We've experienced this as a nation, but America is no longer what it was. America has been infiltrated by the spirit of this age. And because of our own sin, I want to speak to the church. I'm not just speaking to the lost people because obviously a lost person is going to sin but the church has also fell asleep at the wheel pastors have been silent wanting to grow their their congregation so that they can say look at the church that i have look at the size of the church that i have look at the 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 type of kingdom i've built for myself that's kind of what it comes to be they they look at that as being successful and yet people are sitting in their congregations who are who are been infected and affected by the spirit of this age because these pastors are silent, they won't declare God's truth. So we see it happening. And, um, and a lot of the reason our country experienced freedom and uh, the prosperity we did is because of our Christian heritage. Because of that, because of God that was uh, the, 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 the nation, uh, even in our money, it says, in God we trust. You see, in our own country, every reference to God is they're trying to remove. They, wanted, they got God out of the schools. Uh, we kicked them out and then people complain, why, why is God allowing these things to happen in schools, shootings and this and that? Well, why should he do anything? You took him out. You didn't want him there. So the vacuum now is humanism. The vacuum is man left to himself. And then 
when we see man left to themselves, evil comes from that. That's why we need God. And as a result of leaving behind our Judeo-Christian culture, we have seen an increase in lawlessness, sexual morality, ethnic strife, and murders. I mean, uh, we, uh, it's, it's interesting to me that we live in 2023 and there are people still acting as if we were in the 1950s and 60s in this country. That we are still in the race wars that we had back then. And it is a result of lies, people lying and doing things to cause people to come to strife. See, the Bible says Jesus one time was said that he had a prince of demon in him because he was driving out demons. And Jesus says something very profound as a fixed principle that can be used for anything. He's saying a house divided cannot stand. A house divided against itself cannot stand. A kingdom that is divided will not stand. America Satan, his scheme is to divide us as people. Oh, you're black, you're Hispanic, you're this, you're that, wants to separate us. God does not want that from us. God says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And your neighbor is anyone you come in contact with, right? Your neighbor could be a Hispanic man. Your neighbor could be a Hispanic woman. Your neighbor could be an Asian person. Your neighbor could be an Hispanic, a, a, a black person. It doesn't matter. An Indian person. It doesn't matter. A Native American can be your neighbor. And the Bible tells us, the word of God tells us that we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And yet because man has rejected God and we have we've removed God, now we have set up a pagan religion. And this religion seeks to establish its own set of catechism, its own doctrines, if you will. It's a religion now that is beginning to emerge within our country even stronger. Uh, we see this happening, and um, the this new religion really isn't new. It's just packaged differently. Satan has been doing the same thing through over human human's history, human history. He's been doing the same thing. He just packages it a little different in order to deceive people, and he's been doing that, and he's been doing it for a very long time. And the religion, to me, that I see is happening within our world, again, many have other opinions about this particular religion, but I, I want to bring it down to this, this simple, for layman's term, right? Uh, the religion I'm talking about is, you know, we could say critical theory, critical race theory, the, the critical career theory, critical all this and all that, Marxism, but really it comes down to this simple point, the worship of self. This new religion is the worship of self. You worship you, not God. Man determines what's right in their own eyes. Do you know this happened in, in history before? In the book of Judges, there was a generation of people who thought whatever they thought was right in their own eyes. They didn't understand what God said was right and wrong. They didn't care. They thought what they believed was right and wrong. They didn't look to God and his word to tell them what was right and wrong. They looked to themselves. And as a result, we saw lawlessness. We saw sexual morality over the lands. We saw child sacrifices. We saw all kinds of things that we are seeing today just a little different. Oh, yeah. The child sacrifices that we see today is abortion. Abortion on demand. And, 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 and thank God that in uh, Roe versus Wade federally was cut, was, was cut down. But the, re the, the reality is that the states still have to decide. And, and I, as a pastor in South Carolina, I am amazed that in a, in a state that is full, uh, pretty much heavily Republican, 
We can't stop abortion in this in this state. That tells you that there's a uni party that tells you that there is a spirit of this age that is causing others who claim to be Republicans and even Democrats who claim to believe in the God of the Bible, they will still sign and vote for someone who will kill a baby. They'll still sign for all these things. Why? Because their pulpits, the pastors of their churches that they attend, won't say anything. They're quiet. You know why? Because they want their money. They want that money to come in. They don't want people to, to they don't want to ruffle any feathers. They don't want people to get offended. They don't want people uh, to hear the word sin. They don't want to hear, they don't want to, they don't want you to say the word repent. Well, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus went about preaching repentance and faith. <laughs> and that's what we ought to be doing. I want to challenge every pastor that will come across this video that you need to be preaching the gospel fearlessly as you should. You should declare the full counsel of God's words. You should not fear man. I mean, listen, if it comes down to where you got to go be a janitor somewhere or go do whatever you got to do and you continue to preach and your congregation is reduced to nothing, praise God because you did the will of God. You didn't do your own will. You see, the Bible said, Jesus said very clearly, and yeah, this is just my introduction, y'all. Uh, listen, Jesus said, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many are on it. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life, and few are on that road. So see, when you see the crowd that is so massive, and so, oh, everything's going great and no problem. And, and their God is never, there's never a problem. There's never an issue with what they're doing in their life. Their God is okay. Well, what they do is why they've made an image in their own mind of who God is rather than the God who describes himself in the Bible. They've made an image of, of God. They broke the commandment. They've, they've worshiped an image in, of themselves. Because after all, if you believe in yourself as God, You'll never have a problem with your sin. Everything's fine. My God's always fine with me. He always loves what I do. Because in your mind, you don't think you sin. Because in your mind, you say, well, I didn't kill anybody. Well, the Bible says if you, Jesus said, if you hate your brother, you're guilty of committing murder in your heart. Because where does murder begin? Not with an action, with the heart. And Jesus knew what he was talking about. Amen. He's a creator. So humanity determines what is right in their own eyes. This is a new religion, the worship of self. They no longer look to the creator of heaven and earth, but to themselves to determine what is right and just. You see, we, we're having a problem in our society right now. Uh, there is now a, a, this, the, the catechism of this religion that's coming in, the worship of self, now is determining who's the oppressed and who's the oppressor. It's no longer looking to God's word to determine what is oppression and what is just and what is right. They're looking to themselves and their history and all kinds of different things rather than God. And as a result, this catechism that they're beginning to do, they've come into the schools. Listen, they're not just this is this new religion has 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 infected all our institutions. It has infected churches. It has infected government. It has infected uh the justice system, our educational system. It's affected our arts and our sports. You can't turn on a, a watch of sports without them throwing you their religion in your face. 
You see, they, they, they like to say Christians like to make, make you believe their faith. But in reality, this new religion is in every facet that you turn, it's there. You go to your job and you turn around. You've got to take a class, a DEI class. You've got a diverse equity inclusion class. You've got to take this class in order to understand what it means to who's an oppressor. You need to have be indoctrinated in their catechism to understand and to be reeducated. This is what they say. You know, that's what communists did to people who did not want to go with the government. When they saw the evil that was happening with the government, they, they took people and put them in prisons and they beat them until they to submission. And the ones that did it, they killed. That's their re-education plan. Oh, don't let them fool you. Right now, it's a soft re-education. Right now, they, they force you by saying, hey, we'll cancel you from your job. We'll, we'll take away this. We'll take away this liberty that you have. But eventually... A government without God, a government who thinks it's God, a people who thinks of themselves of God will eventually try to kill its opposition. They can't just have a debate, a disagreement. Now it's you're you're diabolical. You're an enemy and we need to destroy you. And this is how these people believe, because they have been assimilated into their religion. And they have now conviction. That's why. Uh, when the people say go uh, go woke go broke yeah right they don't care uh, we just saw a, 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 a Bud Light commercial uh, showing a transgender man or I don't know what they want to this was a, a guy who thinks he's a girl let's just put it that way that's uh, that's the best way I'm, I'm not even playing their game but basically they're promoting this person as to promote their beer and it didn't matter that it offended 90% of the country because of their convictions, their religious conviction that this is right and they have the high moral ground, they don't care if they lose money. That's when you know it's not just about the bottom line. To them, this is a religion. To them, this is a way of life. This is a conviction that they have. The problem is they're going to they're gonna fall on the sword uh, because of a lie. And Satan knows that. And, it, and even though I'm saying this stuff, I, I do want you to understand that even though America is not what it once was, um, that's not to say that God does not have light here because God will always have a witness wherever man is. There will always be light. And God has you and me as Christians to be light to this world and to expose the misdeeds of darkness you see, when you open your mouth and you declare what is right before God, you're exposing what's in the darkness. So it is my hope today, as we go through this message, that you will see and be encouraged to trust in God. That's the title of my message this morning. Trust in God no matter what is to come in the times that we live in. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for those who are watching now, those who will watch later, those who will listen later. Lord, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit will be present. Lord, we, we don't rest our, our faith on eloquence of speech, but we rest our faith on the demonstration of the Spirit and power. Lord, my prayer is that your word will set out what, is, what it was set out to do, would accomplish what it was set out to do, that it will be a battering ram and break away whatever hardened heart is there and, and turn it into a heart of flesh. My prayer, Father, as the word of God is presented today, that you would fill me with your power and your presence right now, Lord God, to declare your truth, to remind the people of God that they can trust in you 
no matter the circumstances they find themselves in. Because, Lord, what, what, we are, what we are experiencing here does not begin to compare to the glory that will be revealed on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we just surrender right now to you. I ask you, Lord, make me competent to preach your word right now. Fill me, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go to Daniel chapter 6. This is where we're going to be today. And I want to look at the first three verses real quick of Daniel chapter 6. And the first point I want to make is that Daniel gains the king's favor. You need to understand, uh, um, let's read here. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom. And over them three high officials of whom Daniel was one to whom these satraps should give an account so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Man, this is pretty awesome. Daniel gains favor from this king. And if you remember, here in chapter 6, we see Daniel is under another another empire, Daniel was taken when he was a young man. He was taken from Israel. Remember the king of Babylon, the Babylonian Empire came and, and uh, basically destroyed Israel and took all the articles of, that were in the temple of God and took it with them and also took uh, the young people so they can indoctrinate them into Babylonian culture. And that's why uh, king Nebuchadnezzar had the schools and Dan- as we remember Daniel was in the schools and and so was Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and they were there all together him and his friends and they were there because they wanted to indoctrinate them but Daniel and his friends decided not to give in to eating from the king's table because what the Babylonian or Gentiles or pagan people who were not Israel See, Israel had a dietary, they had a a dietary law they had to follow. There were certain foods that was not kosher to them that they could not eat. They could not eat pig. They could not eat shellfish, things like that. Um, So they had a very strict diet that God gave them. And the reason God gave this dietary law to Israel, because Israel was going to be an example to the world that they were set apart for God. And they were to be an example to the nations around them. Because, see, God wants to save the nations, but he wanted to take a people to himself to be the light to the world. And uh, thank God for that. His ways are, are higher than our ways. We don't understand why he chose Israel, but he, he, sold, he tells us in other passages in Deuteronomy, hey, listen, I didn't choose you because you were the best or, or you were the most wanted nation. I chose you because I wanted to. It was God's choice. And if you remember, again, Babylon had fallen now. And in chapter 6, he now King Darius uh, of the Mede and Persian Empire has begun. And Daniel is now being made a high official. See, satraps mean a, provin- a provincial governor in the ancient Persian Empire. Uh, with, with this, we already see in a difference between the head of gold, okay, Uh, The fact that they had satraps, 120, and they had high officials tells you a little different between these empires. Remember, the head of gold represented the image that King Nebuchadnezzar saw. The image that he saw was the head of had a head of gold. And that represented, according to 
Daniel, by the Spirit of God, interpreting the dream of the, the, the dream the um, king had and giving its interpretation. And we know that in Daniel chapter 2, verse 32, that the head of gold, oh, excuse me, 31, 32, the head of gold represented the Babylonian Empire. And now we have the Mede and Persians, which represented in the image the chest and arms of silver. And you notice that the, the gold being the highest precious metal, now it's silver, which is a lower metal, yet it's still a strong metal. And you can see the difference because in Babylon, uh, I want to give you a quick uh, rundown here. Babylon was a, a straight up theocracy. Nebuchadnezzar, whatever he said, was law. He was the law. If Nebuchadnezzar said, off with your head, is off your head. If Nebuchadnezzar said, this is a lie, it's a lie. If he says, this is true, this is true. He, there, was no law, there was no law that he had to submit himself to. There were no other people that governed for him. He was sole governor, uh, sole king of the land. It was a, in its purest state. <clears throat> and now we see this next empire where the, where the uh, authority is distributed. We have, we have the king at the time was Cyrus, and I think Darius was a sub-king, you know, like basically they had uh, some, I guess he had another, they, hey, you take care of the Babylon side, I'm in, in Persia, and we're, as we take these, um, <clears throat> as we take these nations, he would set up his proxies there, and Darius was one, and then we know that in, these, in, the, in this massive Babylonian kingdom, he had to set up, he had to delegate authority. He had to come up with 120 satraps. He had to come up with high officials. And, and the satraps had to answer to these high officials of which one Daniel was going to be made a high official. The, the satraps were accountable to the three high officials who reported directly to Darius. And Darius would report directly to King Cyrus, to the king, or, you know. And we're going to also see in this in this empire that the law was higher than the king. The king could not violate the law of the land. And that shows a big difference. And, and Nebuchadnezzar, he made law. He said whatever. There was nothing constraining him from being full authority over the land. <clears throat> Daniel and the other high officials were responsible to make sure the king would not suffer any loss uh, and this has to do with revenue. And we all know how the government gets revenue. Taxes. <laughs> Daniel had to uh, watch that uh, the kingdom would not suffer loss in Babylon, making sure that the taxes were, were, were distributed properly, they were collected properly, and that these satraps weren't stealing from the taxes. So Daniel, they had to answer to him for, and these other two officials, they had to watch what was going on with the taxes, okay? Because we all know, one thing, two things are for sure in this life, death and taxes. That's going to happen. You're going to get taxed and you're going to die. Amen? This happens. This is life. <clears throat> and so governments will tax you. And so Daniel was having to watch over, making sure the affairs of the kingdom were in order. And they had to answer to him. Daniel was appointed to this position because the Lord was with him. You need to understand when God is with you, when the Lord is with you, he opens doors that no man can open and no man can shut. 
I mean, he is a, a, a cap. He's, he's in captivity. Daniel is not native to Babylon. He was not a native born of Babylon. He was not a native Persian or Mede. He was a captive from Israel. He was a Jew who was a captive. And yet God put him in such a place of favor with this new empire, new king in this region that this king wanted to make him a high official. And then ultimately his goal, because of Daniel's spirit, wanted to make him ruler of the whole kingdom. That's pretty awesome that this guy who was a, uh, basically a slave, God was going to raise him up to such a place. It's pretty awesome. <clears throat> and uh, um, see, it says here, he also was distinguished. He distinguished himself. He was different from the rest of the officials because he had an excellent spirit in him. The kingdom, the king was going to put him in charge of the whole kingdom. And as believers, we're to be distinguished from others because we have the Holy Spirit in us. See, if you're a believer, you ought to be the different from all other people because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You ought to live differently. See, a Christian should not be the same as the world. The Christian should be different. And I mean different in, in our, our way of life that um, uh, Christians are not sexually immoral. Christians aren't liars, thieves. You see, we should not be doing this thing. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives in us. Now, Christians aren't perfect. Christians will, will, make, will sin. Why? Because we're still in this body of flesh that has desires at war against our soul. And, uh, and so we need to understand that. But yet it is not our way of life anymore because Jesus set us free from the bondage of sin. <clears throat> See, as believers, we're to be distinguished, we're to be different because the Holy Spirit's in us. As a result, we bear the fruit of the Spirit and we're empowered by the Spirit. See, <clears throat> so many of our, our brothers and sisters out there b between certain sects of our faith, some are cessationists, some are continuous, and we, we, we bicker between these things. And, <clears throat> and one, the continuous, as always talk about the power of God upon your life and the casting out of devils and the, and the speaking in tongues and laying out on the sick and seeing them recover. And then the other sensation as well, they, they, they focus on the fruit of the Spirit, and that's how we ought to be doing. And, and it's almost as if we put the Holy Spirit in contrast to himself. <laughs> no. The same Spirit that we bear his fruit also empowers us to do the work of ministry that Jesus called us to do, each one of us. And we got work to do. We have to be making disciples. And guess what? There are people today that still get sick. There are people today that still need prayer. There are people today that get possessed by demons. There are people today that still need to see God move in their time. And he wants to. We just have to believe. And God, that same spirit wants you to bear the fruit of the spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Right. He wants us to exemplify. This is what ought to distinguish us from the world. We're not to be the same. There ought to be a difference. There ought to be more love in you. There ought to be more, more peace, more joy in your life than someone who does not have the Holy Spirit. That ought to bring, um, having the virtue of the Holy Spirit, we have the, the ability for self-governance, which sets us apart from the lost. See, 
Self-governance is so important. Do you understand why in times past, in the days of old, when our country was, was, um, was saturated with Judeo-Christian beliefs in our schools and every part of our institutions, the people began to believe and people were Christians. And as a result, we yes, there were still crimes. There were still bad things that happened but not at the magnitude that they are today. Why? Because there was self-governance through the Holy Spirit in people's lives who were Christians. And Christians are going to self-govern themselves because the Holy Spirit lives in them, and the Holy Spirit is going to convict you when you're doing something wrong. Well, not wrong in your own eyes, wrong according to God's Word. You see, the Christian can't say, hey, I'm a le- I love Jesus, but I'm going to commit adultery against my wife, and I'm okay. my God's okay with that. And you know what? The next Sunday, I'm going to get up there and preach again because ultimately my God doesn't care if I've done what I've done. Oh, the, 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 this is, this is what I'm, we're talking about here, that what is happening within our society is that a person who believes they're a Christian and yet does not see that sin is wrong, there's a problem there. They might want to ask themselves, am I really in this faith? Or have I made it up in my mind? Because the Bible is clear of what sin is in our lives and we're, that we're should, we should turn away from sin, that we're not to continue it any longer, okay? And so there ought to be a difference between you and Daniel. There was a difference. He had an excellent spirit. He was someone who could be counted on. He was someone, his employer can see that he had an excellent spirit, that he worked hard, that he put time into his craft or whatever he did. It reminds me of Joseph. Remember Joseph, his brother sold him into slavery. And everywhere he went, God was with him. And everywhere that he was, things prospered in his hands. Why? Because he had an excellent spirit, just like Daniel. And God wants you and I to know that we have an excellent spirit within us. Hallelujah. That we also can walk just like they did and understanding, because see, I want you to understand, I don't believe Daniel was a perfect man. There was no one good, no, not one. The only perfect man that ever walked on this earth was Jesus Christ. That's it. All other men are sinful men. Every other man in this world, the men of this Bible, they were sinners. You know what I love about the Bible? It tells us the good and the bad. It shows us Abraham at his, at his pinnacle where he believed God and it was credit to him the righteousness and it showed the same Abraham uh, when, he, when he lied about his wife being his sister and almost got the king of Egypt killed by God. He's the same Abraham that, that, that believed God was the same Abraham that slept with his, wife, with his wife's uh, slave to maybe have a child through her. And now we have Ishmael. That's why we have the, the wars we have between Israel and, and the Muslims and the, this friction that's always there. The good and the bad, God shows it. Because it encourages us, man, thank God they weren't perfect because I'm not. You're not. Thank God that God redeems imperfect people. Glory to God. He redeemed you. He redeems me. And if you'll let him, he'll redeem you today. If you're lost without him and you come across this message, God wants to save you. God wants to redeem you. God wants to wash away your sins uh, because he, he loves you. And, he, and his love was demonstrated on the cross. But you have to understand that sin is what put him there. Your sin and the sin of the world. <clears throat> See, I believe Daniel 
was not a perfect man, but Daniel was a man submitted to doing the will of God, no matter the cost to himself. Oh, Lord, let that be us. Let that be us as believers that we, I mean, can you, you have to understand, Daniel did not have what we are experiencing today as Christians. This was pre-resurrection. This was pre-Jesus ascending to heaven and sitting at the right hand of God. They did not have the Holy Spirit living in them. Christians today, those who have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, are, have the Holy Spirit living in them. <laughs> and yet, some of us are cowards. Some of us are not living for Him like we should. The second point I want us to look at, let's keep going, verses 4 through 9. Then the high officials and satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could not find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. And no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. Therefore, King Darius signed the document and injunction. The second point I want us to see here in these verses 4 through 9 is a plot to remove Daniel from his position. You saw them conspiring. They were plotting to remove Daniel from becoming the very highest point in that kingdom. You see, jealousy drove the other high officials and satraps to conspire a plot to have Daniel removed from his possession, his position. This jealousy rose up. I'm mean, like, think about it. These men despised Daniel. Why? Because of the position he was given over them. And to top it off, he was Jew. He was a Jewish person. He was not a, a, a Mede or a Persian. He was not in, in, in Babylon. He was not a Babylonian. He was a captive from Israel. And that God, they were so jealous of the fact that this peasant is becoming this. I can't believe it. I'm going to have to submit to Daniel? No. And so the jealousy, and so they began to plot and scheme and, and think of a way. And then you saw that they were like, man, but this guy is too good. He just doesn't do wrong. He doesn't break laws. He doesn't do, we can't find any fault with this man. Wow, could that be said of you, Christian? Could that be said of me? Could that be said of us? That when people are looking to find how can they trap you, how they can get you, could, could they find fault in you? They couldn't find it in Daniel. They said, we can't, we're not going to be able to do it this way. We're going to have to, wait a minute. It came to them. You know how we're going to do this? No, 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 we're going to do it this way. We're going, to, we're going to find a way that it will mess. He could be removed because we could get a law that will cause him, provoke him 
to break the law of God. So if we can get him to, 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 um, to deny his faith in conjunction with a law of the Medes, we'll have him then. We'll get him then and we'll put him out of office. We'll put him out of his place. Because we know he's not going to. See, Daniel has already proven himself that he was, not, he was loyal to God. His loyalty was not to a nation, but to the Lord. And, and I say to you, Christian, our loyalty should not be to a nation. It should be to the kingdom of heaven. Our loyalty should not be to a party. Our loyalty should be to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our commander in chief. He's the one that we're to submit ourselves to, to carry out his will. And you know what? Sometimes each of those parties are wrong and they need to be dealt with and they need to be exposed for the wrong they're doing. Unfortunately, sometimes one does more than the other. And we see it in our day. A new religion I, I spoke about earlier uh, in my introduction is a plot, is, is plotting right now, just like they were plotting in Daniel's time. See, Satan is the same. He does the same things. He's, they, the new, this new religion, this self-worship in our nation that is seeking to remove Christianity from every aspect of our society, and he references to our country's Judeo-Christian heritage, they're seeking to do the same thing. See, they could not get Daniel out by doing wrong against the laws of their kingdom or the laws of men, but they wanted to see if, if since he won't break the laws of men, unless those laws come against the law of God, he'll break them. So we're going to find a way to talk the king into signing a decree that will cause Daniel to break the law of men because it's causing is wanting him to break the law of God. Man, these people were were shrewd, weren't they? They were they found a way, they figured it out. No doubt Satan demonic influence was happening there that they were putting these things in their thoughts. See today we have we we see this happening with this new religion, the same thing in our society. Uh, we're passing laws and ordinances to provoke Christians to break the law of God. Well, if you're a real Christian, you're not going to break the law of God. See, um, the first wave that started was in the 70s. It started with the, the law of Roe versus Wade and made it a federal, uh, it made it a federal crime if anyone would uh, um, stop a woman from having an abortion in any state. And yet we incrementally tried to do different things to, to make it less of a, pers a person to have abortions, make it harder for them, but we have not eliminated abortion completely. Just a federal mandate was, and that's awesome, praise God. And uh, you need to know that the <clears throat> Supreme Court uh, got rid of Roe versus Wade in the land. It's no longer federal. The problem is states still have those rights to decide that, and there are states that are not doing, and, and some of us are living in red states, right? We, we live in in South Carolina, the Bible Belt, right? The, the, the Bible and the, so many churches here, and yet we can't stop abortion in our state. <clears throat> and now in our day today, I want you to know that not too long ago, this, <clears throat> this past year, they passed the Respect for Marriage Act. This act provides statutory authority for same-sex and interracial marriages. You need to understand the enemy is not stupid. Satan, the great dragon, is not stupid. And his influence over man 
uh, he uses things. See, how many of, of you just heard me say the Respect for Marriage Act included same sex and interracial marriage? So what they did here is to this was a kind of a, a poison pill for for Republicans to to sign off, because if they said we're against this, then they're saying, see, we told you Republicans were racist because they don't want interracial marriage. That's not what Republicans want, don't want. They don't want same-sex marriage because that's not marriage. Marriage is defined by the creator between one man and one woman, period. They threw in interracial <clears throat> in order to get the same sex through because they knew the, peop the people through the media, through the news, oh, the they want you to think they're racist because they don't want people to have they don't want black and white people to get married or Hispanic and a white person or black and Hispanic to get married. They're against that. You see, this is what they're trying to tell people. No, the issue was that in this bill, they wanted same-sex marriage too. No, let's do this. How about we make a bill real clean? We all support interracial marriage. Leave same-sex out of it. Guess what will happen? No, we're not doing that. No, 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 no. And that's what they were trying to do. That's what certain Republicans were doing because there were Republicans that signed this bill too. I want you to know that. Uh, that uni party that's out there that, that is, is part of the spirit of this age has also signed for this bill. That's why it passed. The Republicans had to sign this bill. And many of them were cowards. And they were, oh, well, because I don't want people to think I'm racist. It's not that. They lie. They put that in there so you, they can say that. They don't care about interracial marriage. Their concern was getting same-sex marriages authorized, and now they can weaponize the government against you. They can use the government's authority to say, you have to marry a man and a man. You have to recognize it federally. And this is what happens. Legislators today are working on hate speeches and laws in order. What am I talking about? I'm talking about just what happened in Daniel's time is happening today. We see scheming and the, and, the, and, the, and the traps of evil people who are influ influenced by Satan to try to, to use and weaponize the government against God-fearing people. Today, the legislators of our time are creating laws to wep uh, that, are, that are called hate speech laws in order to weaponize the government against citizens who do not agree with sexual preferences or gender preferences. In other words, they want to say that it is hate speech if I as a preacher say that homosexuality is wrong, that transgenderism is wrong. If I declare that from this pulpit, they want to say that is hate speech. Well, then you're saying God's word is hate speech because that's what God says. You see, you see what I'm saying? And, and uh, <clears throat> they want to use the government to force you to believe their religion. <laughs> but people are like, ah, no, no, we just, listen, listen. Why do we need a hate speech law? Think about this. We already have laws on the books that deal with criminals. If you murder somebody, it doesn't matter why you did it. We only want to know why you did it because we want to know what was in your head. But it doesn't matter. You kill somebody. That's enough. The only thing we want to know, was it involuntary or was it manslaughter? We want to know, was it a, you were in a fight and you hit the person, they fell, hit their head in the, on the pavement and died? Or was it you were thinking, writing down like this woman, this, 
woman who wants to be a man went to a Christian school who wanted to be a man and planned her attack to go and kill innocent children and, and, and teachers. We need to know that. And what did the media do? Quiet it down. Oh, let's not say what it is. And, or now they want to say, you got you to say it's a trans man or whatever they want. She wants to be recognized by her pronouns. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? No, 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 no. No, she's a murderer. She killed someone. She took a life. And the Bible says you shall not murder. That is God's law. God's commandment. You shall not murder. You see, that is called hate speech because what did the media do right away? They began to sympathize with the murderer. Oh, that because the murderer was not accepted by society, she killed everybody. Oh, give me a break. Give me a break. And Christians are doing the same thing. Why? Because we are not looking intently into the law of God. You know what we're looking into? What we think is right and wrong. What we think. No, man. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that... that. Uh, that I want someone that believes that to be heard or heart. No, I don't. I don't want that. I want them to be saved just like I was because I was a sinner just as much as they were. And I needed a savior. And Jesus came to save them too. But I'm not going to say that what they did is, oh, because of their environment. No, they did what they did because they were inspired by the evil that was already in their heart. You remember when Jesus was sitting at the table and, and uh, he told the disciples that uh, one of you is going to betray me. You remember that? He, they're sitting there, and he says, one of you are going to betray me. And, and, so, and sure enough, uh, the Bible says that Satan entered Judas' heart. And Jesus said, go and do what you're going to do quickly. Okay? So these high officials were plotting, and i got to end. We're, we're right at the end. I've got to stop here. Let me finish this point. These high officials and satraps convinced the king to sign an ordinance that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to the king as to is to be cast into a den of lions. So you need to understand that in your life, people are going to do this. I want to read this passage of scripture to you in Psalm chapter 2. I want to encourage you, my brother and my sister. I want to encourage you. It says, why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and his anointed, saying, let us burst the bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Yeah, you need to understand that God knows what is happening in our world right now. He knows that the people with the money, the people that move this world with their, with their influence and their power and their money, God laughs at them because everything they're doing is going to put everything in place that what he said was going to happen to happen. You see, nothing is going, nothing happens to you or to me unless God allows it. And what we're experiencing in our nation is because God is allowing it, because God is bringing us to the end. And I want to encourage you today that are listening and watching those of you here. Tomorrow is not promised to you. It's not promised to me. I can we can close this right here and I can drop dead right here. It can happen. 
We need to we need to be right with God. We need and we you know how we do that. We need to repent of our sin and we need to put our trust in Jesus Christ. We need to believe on him. And then the Bible says when you when you when you repent of your sins, you turn away from it and you begin to turn your eyes toward Jesus and you believe that you confess him as your Lord. You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says you will be saved. The Bible tells us that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's good news. That's good news in a bad world we're living in, in a troubled time, in a dark time that we're in. That's good news that God can save us from what we're in. The sin in our lives, God can rescue us and we'll have eternity look to look forward to. We have a kingdom that, that, that has no end, hallelujah, to look forward to. Not this. This is reserved for fire, man. You know, the Bible was flood. Uh, the Bible says the earth at one time was flooded. But what is coming to the end is going to be reserved for fire. The word is the word says the Bible's that God's going to consume this world with fire. And I want to encourage you today to turn to him, turn to the Lord. He wants he's he's calling you. I mean, that's why you came to this channel. That's why you're here. God wants you to turn to him in full assurance of faith, knowing that he's your savior. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for speaking to our hearts today. Thank you, Lord, that you came to bring life and life more abundantly. You said that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. We have an enemy who wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but you came to give us life and life more abundantly. Yet we understand, Lord, to follow you as a, as a life of suffering because how can we be better than our master? If they persecuted you, they're going to persecute us. Man, when they called you the prince of demons. What do you think they're going to call us and what they're calling us now? God, help us as believers to trust you in this hour as Daniel did. And we're going to finish next week this chapter to see uh, the victory that you gave Daniel. And I pray, Lord, that uh, we will understand we have victory in Jesus Christ because you got out of that grave and you're seated at the right hand of God awaiting your return. And, Lord, I believe that that, that, that time is, is not too far. And I just pray that we continue to be about your business, Lord. Lord, we love you. We thank you for speaking to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you next time.